to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In this episode, we're going deer stalking at Richmond Park, and Dan's becoming a fashionista by trying his hand at tie-dye. My name is Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Today, Meg is taking us to Richmond Park. The history of Richmond Park dates back hundreds of years. In 1625, there was a deadly plague in London and Charles I brought his whole team to Richmond Palace to try and escape it. He decided to create a park so he could enjoy hunting all of the deer. Today, everyone can enjoy the park and the deer still live here. Let's see if Meg can spot any. Today, you've joined me in London's Richmond Park. Richmond Park is the largest royal park in London at two and a half thousand acres. That is over 1,200 football pitches of space. I've just finished up my picnic. I had some hot cross buns from Robin's recipe on Activity Quest last week and they were amazing. Um, Just as good cold as they are hot. And I've got the most amazing views all around. I really recommend you come here with your family. You can see St Paul's Cathedral even though it is 12 miles away. Um, I've actually brought binoculars with me today because I'm hoping to see some very special animals that live in Richmond Park and that is deer. In total, Richmond Park is home to more than 650 deer, so you've got a great chance of seeing them. That being said, my sneaking around skills are not that good, so let's hope that I see some today. I've been told that my best chance of seeing deer is to wander further into the park, so let's go. I'm in the woodland at Richmond Park and I've just passed someone fishing who has pointed me in this direction if I want to see some deer. Now, some top tips for tracking deer that I've been told by this fisherman. There are a few ways to work out if you are close to deer. Here's my favourite one because it is a bit gross. Look out for their poop. Deer poop is a type of poop called pellets. They look small and round like rabbit poo. But weirdly, even though rabbit are smaller than deers, deer poo is smaller than rabbit poo. Who'd have thought it? And there's some on the grass here, so I'm hoping that I'm getting close. The other thing to look out for is where bushes are less high. That's because a reason that the bushes could be less high is because deer are having a little snack on the bush, stopping the bushes from growing past a certain height. And I think... I think I've just heard something, so I'm going to get my binoculars out. I don't know why I'm whispering, actually, because <laughs> it's pretty far away. Um, I feel like I'm trying to whisper because I don't want to scare any deer off, but they, they are quite far away. I'll just, I'll talk quietly. So, I can see deer in the distance with my binoculars. They're kind of just eating these leaves off a tree. It's really important to keep your distance from deers. They are wild animals, and it's their habitat that we are in. So 50 metres distance, which is why having binoculars is really, really useful. There are actually two types of deer in this park that you can see. Red deer and fallow deer. Their population is split nearly 50-50, so you're really likely to find them both as you walk through the park. They're quite easy to tell apart. Red deer are typically larger and white fallow deer are more small and they usually have white spots on their back. The one that I've spotted is the most magnificent male red deer. 
It's a stag and it's got the most incredible antlers. It looks like Rudolph or one of the Father Christmas's reindeer. It is so awesome and quite majestic. And a, a little bit scary. Like, I'm quite glad that I'm 50 metres away. I'm sure there's something you're scared of, but they are wild animals, so I'm going to stay back. Um, let's see if I can go and spot a fallow deer. I've been walking around for about half an hour since we last spoke, and I've just spotted a group of three fallow deer in the distance of my binoculars. And they're just lounging around they look so relaxed so gorgeous and they've got spots white spots that's how I know they're fallow deer I've only seen adults today but baby deer which are also called fawns start to be born in the parks around May so if I come back here in a few months I might get to see some baby deer and I think that's a really good time for you guys to come down and see if you can spot deer at Richmond Park because they must be so so cute as well as a walk through the deer-filled woodland, there are loads of other outdoor activities to do, such as fishing and power kiting. Plus, you could spend all day here just looking at the nature, from swans to mushrooms to wildflowers. It would actually be such a brilliant place to conduct a nature survey, like we did on Activity Quest a few weeks ago. So if you fancy conducting a nature survey, make sure that you check out some of our old episodes. We also did an episode all about listening to birdsong, and there are so many bird species in Richmond Park. So this would be a great place to listen to birdsong and see if you can work out what type of birds are around. As always, respect nature. It's the deer's habitat, it's the bird's habitat, not yours. Um, keep a distance of a minimum of 50 metres away from the deer. And if you are going to use a camera or you have a parent or someone who has a fancy camera, then using a long lens would be great. I tried to take some pictures on my phone. Mm, they didn't work out great, but sometimes seeing things with your actual eyes is the most important experience. There's lots of other things you can do at Richmond Park today. I've gone through the Isabella Plantation, which is this woodland garden within the park. It's really lovely. And basically after World War II, it got made into this woodland garden and it's got such colourful flowers. I'm not very good at naming flowers, but they're super colourful and super, super gorgeous. I've really enjoyed my time here today. And if you are in the London area, I would definitely recommend heading down to Richmond Park and trying to spot some deer. Well, there you go. Richmond Park. I think I might pay a visit. You know where else I might pay a visit to? All of these awesome places. Here's what's happening across the UK. Enjoy an award-winning day out at Paradise Wildlife Park, home to over 800 exotic animals. It's a must-do for animal lovers of all ages. They also have five indoor and outdoor play areas, crazy golf and a giant splash pool too. From one of the UK's biggest cat collections to Britain's largest anaconda and the UK's first underwater viewing of tigers. There's plenty of amazing wildlife to see at the park not to mention all the adorable residents, including penguins, red pandas, lemurs, meerkats, camels, zebras and sloths too. That's Paradise Wildlife Park, pwpark.com. 
Visit the Queen's Gallery to admire a selection of art from the Royal Collection. The gallery has a programme of exhibitions, each with pieces from the Royal Collection, including paintings, rare decorations and photographs. Right now, you can admire the exhibition, which is all about Japan. There's 30 years of cultural exchange between Japanese and British royal families on display. There's even a samurai armoury. You can find the entrance near Buckingham Palace Gardens, rct.uk, that's the site of the Royal Collections Trust, to find out more. Potterick Car Nature Reserve has a superb mix of habitats and diverse wildlife to discover and enjoy. There are four different nature trails to follow, each of a varying distance. If you want to make a day of it, all the routes combined cover around eight kilometres. The routes are easy to follow with coloured posts for guidance and most are suitable for pushchairs and wheelchairs. If you want to get a better view of some of the wildlife, there are 14 hides to stop in and look out for birds such as kingfishers and woodpeckers. And if you visit at the weekend or during school holidays, don't miss the Discovery Room, which is packed full of wildlife-themed games, books and crafts. That's Potterick Car Nature Reserve. It's managed by the Yorkshire Wildlife Trust, ywt.org.uk. And finally, the new issue of BBC Match of the Day magazine is a striker special. This edition of the UK's best-selling footy mag is here to help you decide who the best striker in the world is. Make you laugh with all the hilarious funnies, teach you new stuff with quizzes and interviews, and even help you level up your gaming tech. Become a part of the BBC Match of the Day magazine squad and grab this sweet new issue. It's out now. Now, Dan's here, and I have a feeling this might get messy. Dan, what are we doing? Today, we are going to become fashion designers and turn an old T-shirt into a tie-dye T-shirt. Now, tie-dye is a way of producing patterns on clothing by tying parts of it to shield it from the dye. So other stuff, other parts of the clothes, take the dye, the colour, more than some other parts. Tie-dye has been around for thousands of years. A lot of people think of the 1960s when they think of tie-dye because tie-dye T-shirts were really popular back then. Now, the earliest example... It's a little bit older than the 1960s. The earliest examples of tie-dye... Uh, from the Far East, from the Xu Dynasty in 5th century AD back in China. In fact, tie-dye has been around for hundreds of years in places like Japan, Africa and Peru. The shirts that work best are 100% cotton. You can also use like 50% cotton, 50% polyester, but try not to use T-shirts that are 100% polyester. You can see it in the label on the back of your neck because the tie-dye is likely to wash off. You can get your mum or dad's help to figure that out. Now, you can buy dye kits very easily in craft shops, which come with everything you need. They include rubber gloves, which is important. You don't want to stain your hands. Rubber bands, which is important to keep parts of the shirt covered. There's soda ash as well and everything else. The dyes are already in squeeze bottles. All that you need to do is add warm water. Now, as always, when you're doing something that's a bit fiddly, a bit tricky, it's got chemicals, make sure you've got a responsible adult to help you. The first thing that you need to do is get the t-shirt ready. By doing this, you make sure the dye sticks to it when you do the tie-dye. I've mixed the soda ash in the kit with warm water. 
Uh, make sure that you give it a good stir so it dissolves. Keep stirring, keep stirring. And then you let the T-shirt soak in that water with the soda ash for uh, about 10 minutes. After soaking, wring the T-shirt out properly. Give it a good twist. Now, the more liquid that you can squeeze out, the more tie-dye will be able to get in. Then make twists in the T-shirt and tie rubber bands around the twists. Depending on the places that you tie the rubber bands, you could get different designs. You could twist the entire T-shirt from the centre and then tie loads of rubber bands all the way down. I think that's what I'm going to try and make it look like a ripple when you throw a stone into a pond. Or perhaps you could do lots of little twists all over. However you twist it, make sure they're really tight and then where that twist meets the shirt, wrap your rubber band round very tightly because that's how they'll stay white when the dye is added. Once you've tied all your elastic bands, squirt the dye onto the T-shirt. If you're using more than one colour, use the lighter one first. I'm using blue and yellow, so I'll start with the yellow. And when you are done dyeing the shirt, put it in a Ziploc bag that your mum or dad might have and then seal it up. And you want to leave it that way for at least 12 hours. Now, the next day, after 12 or even a whole 24 hours have passed, it's time to rinse. Put that T-shirt under warm water. Rinse it until it runs clear. Then when the water's running clear, when there's no more colour left in it, hang the T-shirt out to dry. And then you take it off and you've got your very own tie-dyed shirt. You have upfitted something, upcycled something. You've made something old into something brand new. It looks incredible with lots of swirls. Bex, Bex over here. Listen, what do you think? Am I a fashion designer in the making? I think we could get you on the cover of a magazine yet, Dan. Unfortunately, though, not quite today, because that's all we've got time for. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime you fancy. If you're after some more suggestions of stuff to do, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. Whatever you do and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See ya!